You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm rude. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Welcome to Neverland! Hello, take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders, and sprinkle, of course, some of that pixie dust around and get it around some other people. Grab that happiest thought, grab the other people around you, and all have happy thoughts. We're all flying to Neverland today because we need to go to Neverland, and we're not flying alone because... Eric Warren. Eric, 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 Eric Warren. Eric Warren. You're back! I'm back, and my arms are tired. Yeah, you flew all the way back from Liverpool. My goodness. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> Along with a diversion or two. But I'm back. A diversion or two? So, uh, all right. So, all right. Dish, <laughs> what have you got about Liverpool? I mean, the whole trip. Oh, oh well, you know, I uh, was actually asked uh, to uh, head over to Liverpool for a week to uh, for a job-related function, and... Got to spend uh, some time wandering the streets there. Got to see where the Beatles first performed and uh, really just uh, enjoyed my time in that city. I can't wait to go back and hope I've got the opportunity. I did get to meet our fellow podcaster, Michelle Young, from the Disney Dream Girls podcast. Uh, I've met her a few times before at Friends of the Magic in Disneyland. It was my turn now to go over to her homeland and meet with her for a bit. Uh, but uh, coming back, uh, my flight had to divert into Bangor, Maine, where we had a fuel issue uh, to take care of. And then, uh, unfortunately, that caused me to miss my connecting flight in Chicago. So I got to spend a night at the airline's expense uh, in that city. And so I got uh, to set foot in a new state for me in Illinois. So that was exciting in and of itself. Yeah. Did you guys see anything interesting in Illinois? Uh, I got to see O'Hare Airport and how the uh, train there works. Ooh. I see. I, I, I was in O'Hare uh, once before. I don't know if the train thing was fully functioning. It was under construction when I was there on my way back from Disney World. But I've been to O'Hare in, in Chicago. This is a definitely a time that I want to let y'all know, hey, that Patreon support that you've been thinking about going and with, you know, uh, this is definitely a good time to help it out with Patreon. Uh, it's I do all this comes out of my own pocket uh, and things are kind of rough. I'm a college student uh, that's trying to work part time and sometimes the money ain't always there when I need it. If you've ever thought of lending support and some Patreon or buying some shirts, this would be a wonderful time to do it. You can really help keep this going because uh, I 
I've been struggling this weekend. Uh, and also, I am slowly moving some more of the podcast over to more of a, a Patreon level of if you want to hear some of the old shows or some of the special things we've got. I mean, I've got a lot of, uh, speaking of conventions, I've got a lot of panels I have not yet ever played the audio, and I might make that exclusive to the Patreon supporters. I don't know. I haven't decided what I want to do with that. But, you know, we do appreciate those that do support us, and we just ask, encourage you, if you've been thinking about wanting to support us and everything, uh, we would much appreciate it because it's it's getting a little tough out there. So, especially around Christmas time, this is what it gets kind of rough when you get to the end of the year. But you know what? Another year from now, I will graduate with my degree and I will have an awesome job as soon as I get out. I hope. Oh, you will. You will. That is the plan. I'm getting better at this all the time and gaining new listeners. You know, that's the one thing that's been fun about Uber is I get to talk about, you know, doing doing what I do. And I find other Disney fans. And and so I've been able to meet people and people have decided, oh, cool, I'm going to check out the show. And so I know we've grown a lot just from me doing Uber because I, I pick up people from the airport and talk about people, talk about things. So I've gotten people all over the country that I've gotten to meet with. And but, yeah, I'm, I didn't manage to go to the convention, so I'm not going to have any audio from the Kansas City Comic on unfortunately but we still have plenty of fun stuff going on around here uh, oh definitely my goodness I feel like I was playing catch up still when I was all the things that was going on this week within the, the world of Disney I it, it's like I was falling behind or something still again you know from having not done anything in October we hit in November and there's so much stuff and I'm like oh my gosh wow how am I gonna cover all this so but you know the, the way we're gonna cover it is we're just gonna dive into it <laughs> And away we go. Oh, yes. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. And this was almost, I didn't know where to begin with all the things going on this week. So I was just grabbing everything and putting it on there and putting it on there and putting it on there. Uh, but where I'd like to start, uh, in honor of Veterans Day yesterday, uh, this actually from the Disney Parks blog, there was, it started out as 40 military care packages and there was a small team at the Walt Disney Travel Company and it ended up in this big office-wide thing and it's reached more than 10,000 troops overseas. Uh, so I, I guess they've been doing this biannually. They just put together these care packages uh, and this, you know, a lot of things, just a little taste to home sometimes when you send this over to military friends and military families. Uh, well, not actually family, but you know, the uh, those overseas uh, and it's like beef jerky, granola bars, some leftover candy from the Mickey's Halloween party, some personal care items, uh, some Disney-related luggage tags, uh, Mickey Mouse lapel pins, you know, just a lot of just fun stuff, postcards, uh, and, and I'm sure everybody overseas serving the military just likes hearing from home, but also then hearing from the Disney company has got to be special. So, mm -hmm. oh, definitely, and you know, of course, every package includes a uh, handwritten message on a postcard for whoever's receiving it. So, you know, uh, really, this this program had its origins uh, as uh, 
you know, with those 40 military care packages. And, and I know one of the organizers this year, uh, Ivy, he, she was actually motivated by her stepfather, Bob, uh, who himself had served three tours in Vietnam and retired from the Marine Corps as a master gunnery sergeant after 23 years of service. Um, and, you know, Ivy, who's put this together, she says, with every postcard I write, I think of the brave servicemen and women who may read it and thank them for the, their strength of character and their sense of duty. In my heart, I say a prayer that they will make it home to their loved ones as well. Yeah, so I, you know, this has been going on biannually, and yet I had no idea that this has been going on all this time. So I'm really glad that they reported on it because this would have been left, you know, unsung that they were doing mm-hmm. this great thing. So very, very cool. I really got a kick out of that. Something else that would have kind of slipped by most of us radar. Uh, I happened to see this on LinkedIn because, uh, you know, on LinkedIn, I've actually went through and uh, linked to myself with uh, some people who work within the Disney company because they u- usually post a lot of things like that. So I get an idea of what's going on. And who knows? I might find some of these, you know, higher up type people that might be willing to come on the show. But I have a feeling, you know, Disney keeps its secrets. So I don't know how far up the chain I could possibly reach. <laughs> but I've had that in my head. It's like, you know, I could probably invite some of these people all they don't really know me, but you know, and, you know, there's no better way to get to know me than to come on the show, right? Right. <laughs> so I have that excuse. But anyway, somebody had posted this up. Uh, now this guy has already retired. Uh, his name is Wing T. Chow. He worked for the Disney Company for 37 years, from 1972, as a master planner, architect, and a designer. And he is receiving a Pioneer Award from the International Society of Hospitality Consultants for, of course, his services in entertainment design. I got this article from a website called AM2, which is about attraction management. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to have to keep an eye on this. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more things to look at. I mean, they've, they've got some links over here for the Pixar Pier confirmed to open in 2018 that we already know about. Uh, also, back in October, I guess there was a look at Disney Springs and NBA experience, which I'm pretty sure we talked about. I think we mentioned that but this was really really cool but he worked there for 37 years and he's going to receive this award actually the 24th of january 2018 at the america's lodging invincement summit at the jw marriott and microsoft theater in los angeles not a problem i mean he 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 really has uh, quite a history with disney and uh you know he uh he, his projects included Disney theme parks, over 100,000 new and improved resort rooms, 200 restaurants, 4 million square feet of retail space, 3 million square feet of entertainment venues, 4 million square feet of office building, 2 million square feet of mixed-use development, sports complex, uh, several convention exhibition centers at Disney resorts. Uh, and these are resorts in California, Florida, Tokyo, Paris, and Hong Kong. So basically also, every resort. <laughs> pretty much. He also directed the design for the first two uh, Disney cruise ships. And just before his retirement, he was overseeing $4 billion worth of Disney resort expansion projects domestically and internationally, as well as uh, the resort Aluani in Hawaii and uh, two new Disney uh, cruise, ships at, uh, cruise ships at the time, which are now known as the Dream and the Fantasy. So very, very cool. I I wonder, though, with his retirement, did he retire completely? I mean, 37 years is a long working career anyway. But I Uh, You can always ask Floyd Norman if uh, one (laughs) ever retires completely. Because I wonder, you know, he could have gone on and started doing some other work in other places, but uh, I didn't see anything in this article that said anything about it. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, Eric, what is your favorite Toy Story character? Or who is, rather, I suppose, is the question. Oh, that is a very good question. Um, I am going to go with... You got me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> it's called a segue. Quite honestly, I have way too many Toy Story favorites. But Jesse and Rex could be counted amongst the favorites. We love those, right? Oh, certainly, certainly. Well, this is pretty normal. This is a short little blurb that I found on the Disney Parks blog, and they actually do have a video out on their YouTube channel. But they have a Jesse and Rex that being installed actually in Toy Story Land in, the, in the Disney's Hollywood Studios. That happened earlier this week. Uh, and they're apparently helping Andy build a roller coaster with a, this Mega Coaster play kit. Uh, now, this is a roller coaster we've been talking about for a long time, and this is the one uh, that has the uh, uh, Slinky Dog car that's going to go around. And we... Uh, I haven't looked at the video, but just the picture that they show. I mean, this is really neat because it's got, you know, Rex has kind of got some cables he's tied up in and Jesse's doing some things. But you can see around the roller coaster, there's like Jenga blocks and all kinds of different blocks all stacked up. This looks really cool. Oh, yeah, most definitely. It's, you know, I know a lot of people are looking forward to this uh, particular attraction coming through. And now to see these uh, characters in full scale, you know, just adds to the entire experience. Yeah, full scale when you're the size of a toy, at least, because that's the idea. <laughs> yeah, they're even the... bigger. They're even bigger than uh, our scale, so. Yeah, because I think Jesse might be twice the size of a human. I, I wish At they... the least. All right, I'm going to hit play on this video, so you're going to hear a little bit of audio, because I wonder if maybe we'll see a picture of a human next to Jesse. I want to know how big that is. But knowing these videos, it's all going to be audio, but we'll take a look here. There they are putting Rex up on top. It's in fast motion. Yeah, actually, Rex looks pretty good scale to uh, the workers. Uh, it's about the same height overall. Of course, he's bent down. Because really, the illusion of this part of the park is supposed to be that you are oh, a toy. There you see the workers. Yeah, there's the workers with Jesse. Wow, she's like three times the size of the workers, though. Woo! Maybe when you're there, you're supposed to be like a Lego toy. <laughs> These people look like minifigs. <laughs> <laughs> but that's still there really exciting. Go. So I, I definitely something that I want to check out. That looks really cool. So, mm -hmm. well, you know, there is something going on that I don't necessarily want to check out, but uh, I feel I'm going to have to. Uh, I, don't uh, know. I feel like I brought the show down earlier. Now we're about to punch it in the gut. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now we do know, and we discussed, uh, you know, back in June that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is going to be undergoing an overhaul at both parks here in the U.S. And we now know the uh, when that change is going to take place at Walt Disney World. Uh, according to the operating hours for Pirates of the Caribbean there, it will be closed starting on February 26th of 2018 and will remain closed for refurbishment through March 18th with a tentative reopening date of March 19th. And this, of course, is because somebody thought the auction of women was offensive and somehow another people who maybe were into human trafficking would be or like it was going to encourage human trafficking or something. Uh, I mean, these are pirates. If, if, if going through this made you want to become a pirate, there's something wrong with you. Uh, the only thing that might encourage piracy now is Jack Sparrow and then the movies and stuff like that. But really going through the ride, it was kind of making fun of pirates. That was the intention. And really a, a major scene here with the redhead 
dead in the auction. Uh, they're just changing it all around, and Wiz is going to lose the Paul Freeze thing. You know, all of his nice narration as the auctioneer. I, oi, oi, I don't know. I mean, granted, I've seen what they did in Paris, and it does look cool, but I, you, you don't take something this iconic and mess with it that much. I mean, I'm already sad enough that when I first rode Pirates of the Caribbean, it had been altered so much with Jack Sparrow throwing in way too many times. One time putting him in there, I think would have been fine, but it became the Jack Sparrow ride. And that was, you know, I was a little disappointed. I wanted to see how its original form was, but I mean, it's at least it still stayed somewhat true to form. This is a complete change of the entire one of the goofy jokes of the entire ride. Uh, just because somebody was afraid somebody might be offended. And I mean, some of the comments when I posted this article up, even on our Facebook uh, fan page, which by the way, you can go ahead and like us at Facebook. We also have a group that you can join in. But somebody basically uh, cursed anyone with who would be an SJW. And if you don't know what SJW is, that is called a social justice warrior. And these are people people kind of get upset with that are they're, they're so worried about somebody being offended that they're putting a political wreck politically correct marker across everything that could possibly be offended. In fact, even while researching something for a Chippendale thing that I thought was going to be a big deal, it's really not that big a deal. I even found a website that called Chippendale Rescue Rangers a racist show. This is the world we live in today. Everything's offensive, and this is the result of it, is now that Disney's going to change this, which, I, you know, it is in some way adding something. And I, I love it when they shut something down and they add something. But to take something away because somebody may be offended, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Well, we do not yet have a date for when this will take place at Disneyland, so there still is time to uh, see it as it, um, you know, as it currently is appearing at Disneyland if you want to, uh, you know, try and put together a trip to go out there. Yep, and go see it before they change it and... I mean, I don't. It's not overall ruining the ride, but it's just the the reasoning behind the change is just so silly. And this is such a beloved scene that I just can't imagine what in the world possessed somebody to think this is a going to be a well received idea. I haven't found that much support for it. Uh, well, one thing that is uh, interesting is, you know, this is from the Inquisitor, and I don't know if they always have their dates right. Uh, I, I, I found this from different sites popping this up, but I haven't I haven't seen anything directly from Disney's site about the closing. And I did. There's another thing where I come up later from the Inquisitor website that I don't know if they've got everything correct. And I will address that when we get there. So the dates might not be perfect on there. Uh, but like I said, I haven't heard it directly from Disney. We were kind of expecting this change is going to happen. I don't doubt that this is actually happening, uh, but I'm not 100% behind the dates because there's some other dates that they have wrong on an upcoming story we're going to talk about. So be advised. It may happen sooner than you think. Oh, in fact, it's the very next story. And I've, I've got this. I pulled this from Inquisitor, and uh, they had a link over to a, a Disney site that actually had something different listed. And so that, that's why I have my doubts. But Splash Mountain is supposed to be, well, it's, I, I guess it's currently down. It shut down on August 28th in Walt Disney World. And it's said to actually open on November 17th, uh, mm -hmm. which that's the end of this week, I believe. Uh, right. But uh, Inquisitor says that there's 
a, a, a closure happening on January 8th until February 2nd for the Splash Mountain and Walt Disney World. But the link they have that says it's from Walt Disney World, when I went over there, it only mentions that it's, it's closed until mid-November. It doesn't say anything about it closing down again in January. So I don't know that there's any facts to what Inquisitor... I don't know where their sources are. So, you know, I, I like to treat it as also a potential doubt uh, of the redhead going away except for, you know because I've seen it in multiple places where the people talk about the redhead is going away here in February but I haven't seen it on any of Disney's websites I've only seen it like Inside the Magic is Inside the Magic is pretty reliable but they may have reported on having seen it somewhere else all this seems to be chain of hearsay that this is you know in February with it this is going down but you know, one of the sites that had the information is the Inquisitor, and they are talking about Splash Mountain going down in January, and I cannot corroborate this anywhere else. It may be true. It may not be true. I, I don't know. And I really hate to report rumors, but I don't know if this is a rumor or not. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, at the very least, at least we know that Splash Mountain will be open for the holiday season right. at Disney World. So, you know, if and, and I really am not surprised if Disney... Uh, did have the close ride for or the ride closed for an extended refurbishment got it to a point where it could uh, go back to accommodating desk and then close it down again to complete the remainder of the refurbishment items that need to be taken care of you know at the end of the day as long as the ride's back up and working and fully functional after all of the closures it's worth it yep and i don't know exactly you know what if, if they're just kind of fine-tuning a few things, fixing some stuff, or if they're going to put some new things in there, maybe a few new animals, new characters. I don't know. Hard to say. I mean, Disney does plus up their rides every once in a while with uh, interesting changes. You know, the, the Haunted Mansion certainly has seen its update yeah. You know, with the inclusion of, say, the Hatbox Ghost. Yeah, so this could be some new effects or something. Or maybe, finally, some of the people who find Song of the South so offensive have gotten their fingers into Splash Mountain and something's going to be altered. No comment. <laughs> no comment. I hope not, but that's after after the redhead thing. I I need to shift gears. Let's talk Star Wars. <laughs> Let's do. Now this. So have you heard any Star Wars news this week? Well, all kinds of it. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Okay, so Ryan Johnson, who's the writer director of the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Now this. When I when I first saw that it says he's going to be creator of an all a new all new Star Wars trilogy, uh, Yahoo was reporting that it was not going to be involving this the Skywalker's saga at all. So this I'm figuring instead of being like this isn't going to be episodes 10, 11, 12. This is going to be more. Uh, World of Star Wars, I guess, side films. I don't know what you would want to call these, but a trilogy of films dealing outside of the main saga of something within the Star Wars universe is what this appears to be. Mm -hmm. And Kathleen Kennedy has some nice things to say. She said, we all loved working with Ryan on The Last Jedi, and he's a creative force, and watching him craft The Last Jedi from start to finish was one of the great joys of my career. Ryan will do amazing things with the blank canvas of this new trilogy. And that comes directly from StarWars.com. Mm-hmm. So, so, and the you know one thing that they did want to note in this article is that no porgs were available for comment. <laughs> yeah, they'd probably just say <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I wish I had one of those talking porgs here because then I could have gotten an actual comment. We wouldn't have understood it, but I would have translated for you, and they would have said they're pretty excited. 
Yes, yes. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of rumor and speculation as to what this new series could be. Um, you know, a, a lot of people are hoping that it goes back to the Knights of the Old Republic timeline. Oh, please. Oh, please. So, you know, we'll see if we can get some Darth Revan yeah. uh, mythology uh, reinstated. Yeah, but, you know, this might be a completely original idea from Ryan Johnson. So, you know, we have no idea. Uh, the one thing that this is this is kind of odd for me. It's like I'm it's like part of me is excited and part of me is like, wow, you know, this I'm still adjusting to when I was younger. You know, you had the original Star Wars trilogy and then later we finally got some prequels. And hey, cool. And we were excited. Now we got sequels. I, I just I don't know that I can process because it seems like such a special and unique thing to have of those original Star Wars films. Now we're 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 so franchised like we're going to be expecting every year as we have been. And it's been very cool. But it almost I almost feel like it's becoming like a James Bond series where no particular set of those films is really that special. It's just one in a legacy of film and in a, in a franchise and just a money making machine, which really, I guess, is what Disney saw it as when they bought the Lucasfilm is look money uh, so you know I'm excited to get more stuff but I'm worried it's just going to become so franchised that it won't be as meaningful as it was once was I'm just a little worried and maybe I'm being in a worry wart maybe that's just kind of how my attitude's been this week but I, I, I you know that thought's been in my head well, and, and I can certainly understand that, and I think uh, James Bond is a good and apt metaphor, mm-hmm. but if you consider James Bond, you've got your classics of Dr. No, Goldfinger, The Man with the Golden Gun, you've got your Moonrakers, and your um, uh, Never Say Never Agains. Uh, Although that's not got... an official James Bond movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you've also got uh, you know your Golden Eyes. And Casino Royales, where, you know, everything was flipped back on its head, reinstated, you know, I, you know, where, you know, the, the James Bond movies have also had kind of a singular producer looking down on them. We can see how those have ebbed and flowed mm-hmm. so far. Uh, the only downsides that we've really seen with uh, Star Wars, aside from the loss of a few directors, is, uh, well, we'd have to go back to, you know, pre-Disney days with uh, the time of the Ewok movies and um, the holiday special for <laughs> downsides. Yeah. I don't know. There are some people who do enjoy the holiday special and uh, well, go ahead and enjoy it then. <laughs> I I tried to watch it. I have tried. I cannot get through it. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> well, you know, it, we are coming upon Life Day real soon, so the opportunity, thanks to YouTube, is always there. Yep, uh, and also thanks to uh, you know, Lost Boy Philip, actually at a convention, bought a videotape of the holiday special, uh-huh. <laughs> and so we have taken that and uh, ran that through to have a digital copy here on my computer, and I still have it. And I'm, I've had the thought I should really try again and watch it, and I and one of these days I probably will, but. I really got to just prepare myself <laughs> for <laughs> half an hour of indescribable Wookiee. What in the world are they doing, saying, and that's creepy. And Oh, yeah. it's more than a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, speaking of Star Wars on TV, you know, okay, so we had those Ewok movies. We had the droids and the Ewok cartoons. We had the holiday special. But you know what? In the last 15 years, here we've had... Um, the Clone Wars uh, micro-series. We've mm-hmm. had Star Wars Clone Wars, which, I'll be honest, the first time I saw anything associated with it, I thought it's just a crash grab, and it turned into what 
it became. Yeah, it became awesome after a while. Exactly. You know, with the introduction of Ahsoka, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, all of the storylines and the bringing in of mythology. And, you know, and we've got Rebels, which is right now in its fourth season and is really wrapping up the, uh, the tension, especially as it applies to Lothal. And we're seeing how that planet ties into the rest of the Star Wars uh, mythology. Of course, you know, there were some other Star Wars. Uh, uh, yeah, the, we had the, what was it? Forces of Destiny. Control. What's that? Yeah, we've had like Forces of Destiny. So we've had some other different mm-hmm. things on television and things like that. Well, and, you know, we also had the Underworld series, which was being considered, you know, where it talked about, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the bounty hunters and the scum of the universe who weren't rebels. Yeah, there was even going to be a video game based around that idea that went kaput, unfortunately, because I would have played it. I, I was pretty excited when I was hearing about that game. So, you know, with the with all of the expansion that's going on with, uh, with Star Wars, why not a new TV series that's not animated? Right. And this is why I, I, th- I found this to be really comical when I saw this article here from The Hollywood Reporter, because... CBS wants to launch their own streaming service of television shows, and they go with Star Trek, mm-hmm. which pretty good. Not a bad way to go. I'm not paying yep. extra money to watch it. I'm forced because I like Star Wars better than Star Trek, but I do love Star Trek. But well, I'm not sure what else CBS has to offer to really draw me to their. Well, maybe uh, the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Mm. but you know that's their exclusive thing is to have Star Trek. So Disney, when they've announced that they're going to have their own streaming service, they come out and say, "Oh, by the way, you know what's going to be exclusive to our streaming service? A Star Wars series." (laughs) Boom! (laughs) And not only that, but a Monsters Incorporated series. There's going to be a High School Musical one, but we don't care about that one. But Monsters Incorporated and Star Wars. Come on, all that they're saying is that they're all in this together. Yes, so I I wanted to get the streaming service already. I was already excited because the idea of having all of Disney's movies and content and old Disney afternoon shows all on one streaming service, I was like, yes, sign me up. Take my Mm -hmm. money now. And now, oh, look. Oh, look at this. Look at this. There's a little paragraph. Let me read this. While this will mark the first live action Star Wars TV series, George Lucas franchise has spawned five animated series going all the way back to 1985 Star Wars droids, which aired on ABC long before ABC and Lucasfilm were under the same corporate umbrella, as did the second series Star Wars Ewoks. Now, just even mentioning that just makes me think, what if the new Star Wars streaming service has the old Star Wars droids and Star Wars Ewoks series on there? No, that would be great. But what would be even better than that is if they also include The Muppet Show. And, of course, we've got the Mark Hamill episode, which featured Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca. And at the very end, they were singing uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. Yes. You know, that right there is the ultimate combination of all of the properties Disney has acquired in the past few years. Yes. And that's how only Spider-Man had swung through. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if they ever did anything, you know, because they did have that brief Spider-Man uh, television show, you know, briefly. And then there was the Incredible Hulk series, you know, that would have been kind of cool if they'd have gotten um, the actor from the Hulk on to Muppet Show. And I can't think of his name. I'm sorry. Lou Ferrigno? No, well, that would have been awesome, too. Or uh, Bill Bixby. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking more Bill Bixby. Uh Either one would have been cool, or even both of them. That had been really cool, and I don't think that ever happened. But, you know, we never did get that Season 4 Muppet uh, DVD collection out. That uh, Seasons 4 and 5, while we're yeah. alive. Please. Because the only way I've gotten to see that Mark Hamill episode is the Time Life collections that they had a long time ago on DVD. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of those because that has the Mark Hamill episode, but it's not in seasons one, two or three that's been released. So four and five while we're alive or stream it over here and I will be happy to watch the Dickens out of it. Uh-huh. I made a Christmas joke. Doing. Did you catch that? Didn't catch I it? did. I, I said wasn't Dickens. ready to move on, but if you we're not are, ready we... to, but <laughs> I just <laughs> I just had that thought when I said it like, oh, hey, that's coming up later. <laughs> I'm clever and ahead of myself. <laughs> oh, there you go, you little dickens. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, one, one thing I'm, uh, that's good to know is that, uh, you know, apparently it appears that uh, Disney is going to price this new service much lower than Netflix, which is currently about $11. Yeah. So that's that's definitely good, you know. And they say that they've got a smaller library to justify that smaller price point. Yeah, but I'm thinking, you know, if you get the the whole Disney catalog, you get uh, all of these different shows from all of the properties that they've got. You know, let's get the Disney Afternoon on there. Yes. Darkwing Duck, DuckTales. They're going to go for it. You know, all the movies, all the shows. I'm excited. Gargoyles. Yes. Um, you know, let you know all of that stuff all of the live action abc shows with uh um um home improvement and oh i don't even i can't even think of everything else that they own yeah but, oh my you goodness know, there they, could be so they, much yeah there there is so much out there that uh, can be used for this service and i'm just really excited and looking forward to it uh so there, there's going to be some great stuff. You know, one of the big things that's also been uh, making the rounds about this streaming service is that the uh, Marvel TV series that have been on Netflix are going to be coming over to this platform as well. Yep. So, you know, not entirely Disney audience friendly. Right. Yes. At least. But, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, we're also going to be seeing... You know, uh, things like the Cloak and Dagger mini uh, series that's coming to Freeform. You know, I know that the Runaway series is about to premiere on Hulu here within the next couple of weeks. Um, New Warriors actually might yeah. be showing New up Warriors. on this because it was going to be on Freeform, but apparently it's now being shopped to other outlets. But this could mm-hmm. be on the streaming service. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of. Uh, a lot of stuff that's already out there, a lot of reasons to invite people to come in and, and check out this service, at least a lot more than a brand new Star Trek series. Yep, which apparently has been very good and has been renewed. I still haven't even watched that premiere episode. I have it on my DVR, saved in two different ways because it aired weirdly because of football in two different time slots, so I had to do some weird things. Well, here, here's one <laughs> thing about my trip to England. Uh, I, of course, had my Netflix account available, and uh, my hotel had Wi-Fi, so I popped on Netflix while I was there, and lo and behold, Netflix has the right to air the new Star Trek Discovery series in the UK. Wow, so did you get a chance to watch it all? I watched all six episodes that were available at that time. What did you think? And uh, Actually, pretty interesting. Um, I... I'm not willing to uh, go out and get the CBS app at this time Mm -hmm. uh, just for that show, but uh, it's got some very interesting concepts and some interesting ways of looking at things. Uh, I'm not completely sold on it, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and I'd still like to watch it, but I'm not going to pay the extra money for a CBS app. CBS Mm -hmm. doesn't have enough for me. I mean, right. If they if they start working a deal with Netflix in the United States and give me a chance to watch it, I will sit down and watch it. 
But they'd better do it before that new Disney app comes out, because I will probably shut down that Netflix account when that Disney app comes out. You know, I'll activate it for a month when there's a new Stranger Things series, and then I'll shut down, because really, they, there hasn't been much on Netflix that I'm really huge that I have to watch, you know? Yeah, I understand that. I, I can definitely understand that. But, uh, you know, um, it's a good time. But, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think we're done yet talking about Star Wars yet. Oh, of course not. There's so much. This, oh, wow. Uh, I'm sure this is going to be very expensive. I, I don't think I have seen a price tag on this yet. But how much would you be willing to pay anyway just to have even the original Star Wars soundtrack on vinyl? Just the two-disc one. How much would you be willing to pay? Plenty, right? Oh, yes. Well, what if I told you there's going to be a 40th anniversary John Williams set, three LPs, and this is going to have those 3D holograms, like uh, for The Force Awakens, you'd spin it and like, I guess a ship or something, you could see when you hit the light on it. So there's a hologram disc, and it's a Death Star. <laughs> Holy I would canola. pay $150 for that. I'd buy that for a dollar and 150 oh, no, it, of them. It, it is 150. <laughs> it is 150. Yep, you can pre-order it uh, for 150 dollars right now. Well, uh, if I had 150 dollars sitting around, <laughs> I don't. Ex- uh, again, Patreon. Yes, Patreon, because uh, you know that would at least pay for at least the show to keep going. And I'm sure that the, uh, lots of great photos in here. There's far lots of inter- interesting information, which I would gladly read for you on the podcast if there's interesting good stories. Other than what I have in like the special edition, I have a pretty good booklet there with uh, some of the music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but uh, th- this is scheduled uh, to be shipped on the 29th of November. Mm-hmm. So this is coming up real quickly. So you know we were discussing about getting me something for Christmas, and I've already mentioned that if anyone would like to gift me a Disney trip because they're pushing that, this would make a fantastic Christmas gift for me. Just saying, anybody <laughs> out there, if you feel like getting me something for Christmas, I, you know, for all the time I've spent on, on sharing all this fun with you and making this show, don't you want to get me something for Christmas? Did that sound a little too uh, begging? Or <laughs> no, 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 no. The thing is, for me, I need to get a new... I, I... Uh-oh, we lost him. But uh, he needs something new. I actually have a record player, so I could actually play these things. And well, There you go. There he is. <laughs> what does it say? You were about to say you needed something? I was just going to say, I need a record player. Ah, well, you know, I, I think the price of record players have been going up lately because it's become a new thing. Vinyl's kind of becoming fashionable. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually bought one years ago that I found at a, uh, a Big Lots, I believe it was. So it was like a discounted thing. And it's not the greatest record player, but it has been fun to go through. And I've got vinyls of like the Peter Pan soundtrack and uh, you know, just all kinds of old vinyl uh, things. You know, the thrilling, chilling sounds of the Haunted House, both versions. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean like the old original Haunted Mansion one and the one that was released like in the 70s that's a whole different set of sounds um, mm-hmm. you know I've got all kinds of different fun things on vinyl and so this would be a nice thing to add to my collection so if you're Christmas shopping for me eh, keep it in mind <laughs> well, surely we haven't talked about all of the Star Wars stuff that's out this week yet have we of course we haven't This is becoming a Star Wars episode. So, see, we didn't get to go to convention, but we're getting to talk Star Wars, and that's, you know, come on. Even better. Even better. Although, uh, 
I and I really I, I'm gonna ask if I can get a hold of this guy in some other fashion because Barry Poole did tell us that the man who actually designed the the Death Star for the film was at this convention. I still really want to talk to him, so I'm going to see if I can make some connections and be able to speak with him because he needs to get some recognition because he hasn't really gotten much because Ralph Macquarie really gets a lot of the you know he because he did do the some of the original designs and all that artwork and he definitely deserves his credit. But this guy mm-hmm. made the film versions, and so we want to talk to him too because that's very cool. Uh, oh yeah. So that's I'm, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to make and up for the you, fact that I'm not there. And if you do, you have to ask him how that that hemisphere uh, ended up appearing on the Death Star. Which hemisphere? What do you mean? You know, it's you can see a hemisphere, or you can see an equator line around the hemisphere of the oh. Death Star. So what is uh, around in that crater, or, or that or not crater, but that the equator area? Uh, what's it's in not there? so much about what's in there; it's how it came to be. It's an interesting story. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Oh, so, okay. There's something you know that you're not sharing. Exactly. I didn't know there was a story here. There is, there is, there is. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll try to get him on. And I'll see what I can do. Uh, if I fail to manage to get a hold of the, the, the gentleman, then uh, then Eric will have to tell us all the story. I, I shall proceed to do my best. Okay. But if you're in a mind to have some fun with Mr. Warwick Davis, Star Wars Galactic Knights is coming, and he's going to host it. Ta-da! And, uh, oh, my gosh. At, uh, you know... A Star Wars celebration earlier this year. Yes. Well, uh, Galactic Knights is actually coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios December 16th, the day after Star Wars The Last Jedi opens. And well, you think they might have available. a thing or two to talk about? Maybe. <laughs> uh, but let's see here. There's a listing of the festivities here on StarWars.com, but they're talking Star Wars, a galaxy far, far away, fireworks, uh, Star Wars Galactic Spectacular, one night only panel discussion on the future of Star Wars themed land, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, definitely some new information. Some tunes from a DJ at Center Stage. Now, I wonder if that was, uh, you, you know, remember there there was this guy. He was a big deal for when they do the Star Wars weekends. And he was dressed like Lobot. And he was like DJ Lobot. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it's him. They haven't said. He's just DJ at Center Stage. I hope it's DJ Lobot because that's cool. But Darth Vader and a battalion of stormtroopers are going to be marching down Hollywood Boulevard. There's going to be photo opportunities with some Star Wars scenes that you can get in some backdrops, which that's something else we probably missed on here at the Kansas City Comic Con because there's usually a really fun backdrop you can get a picture of. But, uh, you know, we, we've gotten to do that before. We were once on Hoth fighting a Tauntaun at Planet Comic Con. So we'll see if we can manage to pull something like that again. Maybe Planet Comic Con will be able to get you down here again. That'll be fun. Uh, and, of course, uh, there's going to be some projection effects some encounters with Ewoks, roaming droids, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Now, I don't know how long this is going on, but all I know is it's starting December 16th. And uh, they've already announced, and I know we discussed it a few weeks ago, Star Tours is going to be showing scenes from uh, the planet Crate. Woohoo! Which is the weird red powdery sand or snow or whatever's going on with that. We don't know yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely find out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to veer onto a side trip because I've been seeing this picture over here that they're, the StarWars.com, they, they said they were, they're giving away sets of the Alamo Draft House's awesome Mondo Design Star Wars Last Jedi glasses. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, they have five sets to give away, but I, I'm wondering now, 
I guess you can just go to the Alamo Draft House. I have one here locally in Kansas City. I, I don't know how much it costs to see a movie there, but uh, if I can just go in and buy these glasses at some point, uh, I, I, I think I would do it. But uh, I just want to talk about these things because these are awesome. Yeah, these look really cool. And I noticed that Luke is on the dark side one. <gasps> he is, isn't he? Maybe he's also mm. on the light side one though, because we're not—we're only getting to see like pictures, you know, and they're not like, even photos. But you're only getting to see like one side of the cup, and one side has mm-hmm. like Ray yeah, and R2. Only one side that we're able to see here. So, so. Uh, well, maybe Luke is the beginning of the Gray Jedi, and I, oh, gosh, I hope he hasn't gone to the dark side. Although no, I know in some of the comics they did a uh, Dark Empire series where he had gone to the dark side. Uh, and it was a very popular story. I never got to read it, but I wonder. So I hope he doesn't go to the dark side because that's uh, that that would stink. Yeah, most definitely. Or I, you know, they might be just rigging this up just to freak us out too. So <laughs> who knows? But yeah, I, know. I'm keeping it's... that link open because I'm going to enter this little contest I think later because I want to. I totally well, got to have one. Go. Oh yes, oh yes. Uh, but uh, let's move on here to the next thing, which uh, we're actually finally going to get outside of the Star Wars realm. This was just a weird thing I found at Chimp and Company. That Disney and Pixar is going to offer some free online animation and film classes. And uh, they expect some of the things they're going to teach you, like how to tell a great story, uh, how hair moves, colors are more than just decorating it on one of these little columns. But yeah, color correction and, and working with colors, that's that's kind of a big thing that I've actually been working with in my classes is taking film and, and tweaking the color to kind of make things pop just the right way and get the right emotional feel of a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, I mean, there's a long list of things they expect Pixar is going to be able to teach you. Uh, but I don't see anything. Uh, well, there's a click here for your free no, no obligation quote. That's for Mickey Travels. I didn't see anything about how you can get yourself enrolled in, in trying to teach these classes online or something. Uh, oh, I, just, I found this. It's, it's on conacademy.org, and that's just like the Star Trek spelling of con. K, or actually, I take that back. K H A M. Conacademy.org. I'm going to hop over there and take a look because most of this seems to be uh, uh, there's a a travel agent who posted this article up and she's trying to sell her Mm -hmm. her services. Oh, and there's there's actually a link on that page that you were looking at there, Jeremy. Oh, there was a link. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I I didn't see it, but here's Khan Academy. uh, It says you can learn anything for free for everyone forever. This is a neat little website. It has a thing. If you want to learn, if you want to teach something and you have a thing for parents, there's you can learn Mm -hmm. all kinds of things here. Computing, algebra. And there you go. Uh, If you scroll up just a little bit, you'll see Pixar in a box. box. There it is. Well, uh, hot dog. I am bookmarking this. I don't know that I would ever learn how to animate because I'm not very good at that, but I am. I want to keep track of it, so I will mm-hmm. take a look at this later. Because you know, it's good to to learn some things anyway. You know, some computer programming could be nice. There's wow. There's a lot, a lot. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Very interesting website, by the way. For uh, and it's ConAcademy.org. Yep. So wow. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, well, uh, we're kind of almost in the realm of Star Wars, but not quite now. Uh, this, but everybody, I, I, we've been talking about this all all week as soon as it happened, and I don't know if this is going anywhere. But in, in fact, last we heard, everything is completely stalled. Twenty-four. 
thing. Uh, there was a video that started there. But the, yeah, the, 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 the conversation happened. We don't know if anything will become of it. But 20th Century Fox, it used to be 20th Century Fox, but now they're 21st Century, had a conversation with Walt Disney about selling their film division. Oh my goodness. This could mean the X-Men come back over. Uh, the Fantastic Four finally get a decent movie because Marvel Studios would make it. Uh, finally getting ownership of the original Star Wars film. And we could finally get that uh, theme park attraction for Home Alone. <laughs> that actually would be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> or Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, well, Home Alone, I think, would make a more fun ride, really, because you could go through the house and, and you could do it as a dark ride and have, like, traps going off and, you know, catching the bad guys and getting the wet bandits and stuff. Yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. watched that movie in a long time. Now I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> Some great John Williams music in that film. And it's almost Christmas time. Yes, it is. And my Pandora Christmas list actually played some Home Alone music, and I was reminded that it is some great John Williams work, and I'm like, I kind of would like to get that soundtrack. Well, speaking of Pandora, Fox also does Avatar. Well, it would just make sense then, wouldn't it, for Disney to acquire that and actually have ownership? Mm-hmm. And then uh, James Cameron wants to make, what, four more films? Yeah. <laughs> Avatar's, yeah. you know, Disney can get it done. I don't know that anybody's that interested in watching them. I actually had a, a writer this week that we were talking about this, that how Disney is really good at making things you didn't know you wanted, sort of like the Pan- Land of Pandora. A, mm-hmm. a great attraction, apparently really great, but even people who have uh, been going to that say they weren't fans of the film. And right. even the, the writer I had with them said they hated that movie, and I've heard a lot of people hated that movie. But you darn sure would go and see a land of it when it's this good. I, you know, because I'm even interested in going to see the land, and I've never cared to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's 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 a whole other thing. Okay, one one last story that I don't really have an opinion on either way. I just noticed this was this started some controversy from the L.A. Times. They questioned if Disney is actually pairing its fair share in Anaheim because uh, there's all this backdoor things of with different politicians where Disney has worked out a pretty good deal on how much of a tax rate they're actually paying and how like the city of Anaheim, I guess, has been footing the bill for some of the parking. I, you know, I don't know all the details. It's all this complicated stuff that I didn't feel like reading in on. Because uh, I, frankly, I don't find this to be that interesting. But with the, what's what's been interesting about this is with L.A. Times questioning, Disney has told the L.A. Times, "Okay, you know what? You can't review our movies anymore. We're not going to allow you into the screening." And people have been there's been people upset saying, "Oh my gosh, they're blocking out media and stuff like that." And oh gosh, this I, I just wanted to bring it up because this has become a weird thing. Whether whether or not you think Disney's paying enough to, in the area, or if having Disney there and bringing bringing a lot of money into their economy in Anaheim, whether that's worth it, you know that's above my pay grade. That's nothing I really worry about. I don't live in Anaheim, uh, you know, don't know. And it's a long article in the LA Times if you really wanted to look at it and read it and go through the whole thing. But uh, there, I just wanted to at least mention that it's been very interesting how, how Disney has decided, okay, well, all these different media outlets that are criticizing us now, we're just not going to let you in to review our movies anymore. Then whether that's right or not, I'm not going to comment on. Uh, but it's it's been very interesting how this has been going on. Oh, definitely. And it, Disney has since walked back their, you know, 
blocking of the LA Times from uh, reviewing their films, but you know, it'll be interesting come award season to see how this affects any of Disney's chances for uh, any uh, major film awards this year. Yeah, which personally, I'm not that fussed on all the film awards. It's uh, people giving themselves a pat on the back, really, anymore. Mm -hmm. And I have not enjoyed watching the Oscars. I haven't watched the Oscars since The Lord of the Rings, and I only watched because I wanted to see it get Best Picture, which all three films really deserved. But they all I think all three were nominated, but they only gave it to The Return of the King, and I think that was almost like saying, well, we don't want to give it to you for the next three years. But at the end of The Return of the King, they were like, here is a Best Picture award for Return of the King that kind of means for all three of these films because they were Mm -hmm. fantastic films and then how'd the hobbit not go as well i don't know well i know how i mean it's because you took a a short book and extended into three three hour movies and that was a bad idea but yeah Yeah. we've already discussed that in length on the show so yep any other comment we want to have on that before we just move on because i don't really want to dwell on it that long (laughs) okay well then it's time to go to the trailer park the Neverland Trailer Park. The uh, the trailer park. I didn't know this movie was coming. I, oh yeah, I've, I've I've seen a few. Uh, I've seen this trailer a few weeks ago, uh, and I'm glad that we're taking a look at it today. Yeah, I have not seen the trailer until it was here online, but I saw the poster of it when I was going to Thor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looked very interesting. And I can tie this over back to Disney, even though it's not being made by Disney, because Disney has done a version of The Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, which I actually really enjoy. I haven't watched it since I saw it in the- 3D in the theaters. I do have a, a Blu-ray of it, I think, though. I need to watch that one again. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, so there's there's a Christmas Carol connection. Also, though, you have uh, Dan Stevens. Am I getting the name right? Who mm-hmm. played the Beast. In the live action that you didn't like, but it was it was okay. It was pretty good. But see, Disney connection, it's there. <laughs> but anyways, let's take a listen to the this. I don't know that I really am a fan of the title of the film, uh, but the title is The Man Who Invented Christmas. God bless us, everyone. So he's had a couple of flops. Well, who hasn't? You have a new book in mind? Oh, of course he does. My lamp's gone out. I've run out of ideas. Are we in trouble? No, of course not. I have told you not to disturb me when I am working. On Christmas Eve, the spirits pour into the night. Who here, Mr. Diggins? Pickpockets, streetwalkers, humbug. Those people don't belong in books. Charles! Come back! Come back! A miser, and on Christmas Eve, he meets some kind of supernatural guides. Does it have a title? Humbug, a miser's lament. Christmas ghost story, Christmas song, Christmas ballad, something like that. Get the name right, and the character will appear. Scratch, Scrounger. Come on, Scrooge. Shut the window. You think I'm made of money? Mr. Scrooge, how delightful to meet you, sir. Sorry, I can't say the same. You and I are going to do wonderful things together. How do you make a world come alive? I can almost see and hear them people. 
even if you'd already written it, we couldn't possibly get it printed and distributed in only six weeks. If I can't finish it, I'll never write again. The characters won't do what I want. I'm the author here. Allegedly. A jolly ghost. What's that mean? <laughs> In the season of hope, we will shut out nothing, and everyone will be welcome. I have to get to the princess by nine o'clock. But you still don't, don't have an ending. Merry, merry Christmas to one and all. Merry Christmas! That's enough. Back to work. God bless us, everyone. So this is coming to theaters November 22nd, and it's a fanciful, somewhat based off of truth, but it definitely is more movie and entertainment than it is truth. Uh, But this is Charles Dickens writing A Christmas Carol. Mm Mm-hmm. And And Christopher Plummer as Scrooge. How fun is that? Oh, yeah. that, That should be really good. And hey, here's another tie back. Christopher Plummer was in Star Trek uh, Six. I can I see. Yeah, I, I don't rem- I don't remember him being in there. I, I haven't seen it in a long time. But you know, Christopher Plummer, you know, the sound of music with mm-hmm. gee, I don't know this one actress who became Mary Poppins. You may have heard of her before, Julie Andrews. I don't know. So <laughs> maybe a little bit of a connection there. But uh, so this basically is showing where where Charles Dickens, he's he's coming up with these characters. They appear in the room with him. And so he interacts with his characters as he's coming up with this story, which is delightfully fun idea, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, we're going to see a little bit more of, you know, Charles Dickens experiencing his own Christmas carol here. Uh, with the inclusion of these characters, but I really like the way that it makes these characters, you know, just kind of come out of the ether as he creates them and thinks of them. And and uh, uh, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this, but you know, that, <laughs> that they you just like come, it. That's where they, you're going. <laughs> they, they coalesce around these ideas as he creates them. Yes. And so this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and it, it'll be a way to tell the story of a Christmas Carol. Uh, but mm-hmm. also telling the story of Charles Dickens, so you get this nice, weird mishmash of things, and it looks delightfully fun and enjoyable. And like I said, it's November twenty second. Is this coming out? And uh, heck, you know, you even got Mickey's Christmas Carol to get your nice, nice little tie in there. So mm-hmm. uh, this really yeah. looks like fun. Yeah. Well, and and to be honest, I, I know you were a little concerned about him being able to. An inventor of Christmas, but you know, at the time that Dickens wrote this story, Christmas really was becoming more of a bygone thing right, in Victorian yeah. England, and, and they had some uh, weird practices uh, for celebrating it too. Oh yeah, but uh, certainly by you know creating this story uh, and you know kind of cementing the idea of what Christmas was uh, as a nostalgic thing for them, it did help uh, revitalize Christmas as a tradition, uh, and you know in many ways has led to the Christmas that we celebrate today. Yeah. So, but he, he helped Christmas come back to us, but I wouldn't call it invention because, you know, Christmas had more no. meaning than just the guy who wrote a book. So, right. But I ain't going to preach here. <laughs> I might do it on one of my radio shows where I actually do play some Christian rock and metal. If you're down, if you have not yet downloaded the UCM, the beat app, so you can listen to my Disney show at four o'clock central every day, you know, the good encouragement. You can hear me rant. I might rant on it. Who knows? But probably not. I'm not going to rant, but I am going to go. And when we get close to Christmas, I'm going to talk about some Christmas stuff here. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to play some Christmas music on my Disney show, too. I just got to find some Disney-created uh, Christmas songs because I know there there should be some stuff out there. I need to go and, and get some copies of it that I can play. So I'm working on that. Um, but, yeah, I just derailed myself. So, <laughs> so uh, the title isn't great, but... Uh, you, you at least get the idea. And as you were saying, you know, this is helped bring Christmas back and make it special. And this is a story we're all very familiar with. So, you know, doing a different take on a Christmas carol uh, is really a good idea. That way we're not gonna like, oh, look, yeah, we know what happens in this story again. You know, mm-hmm. making it fresh. Although, you know what? I don't get tired of all the versions that I love. I mean, the musical Scrooge with Albert Finney and um, uh, Alec Guinness as Jacob Marley. I love watching that every year. Mickey's Christmas Carol will probably I watch multiple times. So, you know, it's always, it's a great story. I, I just don't get tired of it. Oh yeah. Now uh, I had a whole field of content to talk about in the main feature, but we've gone nearly an hour, but you know what? Because I didn't go to the convention, let's just go for it. Nobody's bored right. here, right? Right. <laughs> we're, we're ready to go on for another hour, half hour at least. Right. Sure. All right. All right. Well, I didn't have anything. Oh, wait. Here, let's play this one. To Disney and beyond. There we go. That's more of a transitional thing. Uh, What I really wanted to kind of talk about for some of our main content is that... Well, if you were planning to go to the parks for 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 Christmas, uh, there is a lot of information that I managed to dig around and find that I thought would be good to share with everybody. But now this is also where uh, I believe some of my yeah I've got some stuff from Oh My Disney, but I also found stuff from the Inquisitor. And I mentioned earlier that I don't always necessarily trust everything I get from the Inquisitor. Uh, because they did have, I, I don't know where they're getting it, that Splash Mountain's closing uh, in January. But they have the, a picture of, I guess this is a uh, the map. Yeah, yeah, the, the park map that's given out at the turnstiles every day. Mm-hmm. And it has, I, well, maybe I can zoom this in a little bit here. Um, no, 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 no. But I can, I can barely read the images, but it has all the details of the Christmas party. And uh, I guess we can just kind of go through and look at uh, what Inquisitor has listed. They have some times down and things like that. Um, I bet, you know, let me go take a look over here at the Oh My Disney, where I'd originally saw this. They have a lot of different information, a lot of great photos on Oh My Disney. Um, But do they have a schedule? No, they don't really have a schedule. So let's just go. All this Inquisitor information should be pretty accurate because they were looking at this map. And as long as this map is legitimate, then we're good. Yeah, and all of this is applicable to uh, the Magic Kingdom out in Florida rather than Disneyland. Oh, I thought this was the Disneyland schedule. Let me see here. Nope, (laughs) nope. That's the that's the Magic Kingdom schedule. Well, that's okay. If you're planning to go to the Magic Kingdom, we've got you covered. So there we we got uh, we have a listing here that I guess what they're trying to list is some of the characters you can meet. Uh, although I guess they don't have anything official for the Very Merry Christmas Party out yet. But oh. um, they do have at least some of the things that you can see while you're there during Christmas time. Like at Main Street USA, you can meet Santa Claus and Mickey Mouse. Tomorrowland will have Nick Wilde and Judy Hopps. Liberty Square, well, you'll find Sandy Claus. You know what I mean? 
Uh, Frontierland, the country bears are going to be wandering around in Adventureland. Aladdin, the genie, and Jasmine and Abu will be in Agrabah. Moana is expected to be near the Swiss Family Treehouse tree and the Jingle Cruise. Jack Sparrow will be wandering around the, the Pirates of the Caribbean and Peter Pan. Uh, in Fantasyland, Ariel and Prince Eric is supposed to be out there. Cinderella and Prince Charming. Princess Aurora and Prince Philip. Snow White and the Prince. Elena of Avalor. Princess Tiana and, and Naveen. Belle. Uh, Beast is going to be inside the Be Our Guest restaurant uh, for dinner reservations. Rapunzel and Flynn, Winnie the Pooh and Friends, Mary Poppins and Bert are going to be in front of the Mickey's Harmagic. And over by Storybook Circus, you're going to find Santa Goofy, Minnie Mouse, Daisy Duck, Scrooge McDuck. Yes, I said Scrooge McDuck. Donald Duck, and of course the Seven Dwarves over by Pete's Sideshow. Uh, These characters are going to appear uh, before 7 p.m. Yeah, this has got me wondering, though, are they going to update Scrooge McDuck to his new DuckTales 2017 look, or are they going to stick with the uh, old DuckTales version of Scrooge? Or will he look like Mickey's Christmas Carol Scrooge? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a few different options available. Yes, there is. Either way, if I was down there, I'd want a picture with Scrooge. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right. So- yes, Okay, oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> Go ahead. speaking of pictures, speaking of pictures, you know, one place that's uh, constantly been revising its photo spot lately has been Cars Land out in uh, California Adventure. You know, this last year with the inclusion of Halloween, they've had a scarecrow car sitting out by the sign. Uh, and as they transition into uh, Christmas time, they're going to have their snow car out in front. Oh. <laughs> So instead of a snowman, it's a snow car. Exactly. Now, um, Cars Land has had its conversion to Christmas, you know, come across the last several years. Uh, but this year, there's going to be a couple of new additions. They're going to have a, a new music at uh, Luigi's Rock and Roller Roadsters, which is going to become Luigi's Joy to the World. <laughs> to the world. <laughs> and then Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, you know, for Halloween, I know we discussed that they had some new uh, music playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also going to have some holiday tunes over at Mater's Jingle Jamboree this year as well. Oh, how fun. Uh, and over at the Oh My Disney, uh, there's a picture of the uh, snow car <laughs> down mm-hmm. in front. It's got a traffic cone instead of a carrot nose. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is adorable. I love it. And, you know, I love all the decorations that are in Cars Land because they're all automotive themed. Uh, you've got uh, snowflakes that are made out of wrenches, wreaths oh that are made out of tires. Uh, you've got hubcaps as decorations on the trees. You know, they, they, they really make it uh, very well themed there. Yeah, so there's definitely lots to do in Disneyland Resort. And it's, it's actually started uh, the 10th and yep. it's going to be run until January 7th. And uh, on the Oh My Disney, there's some really great pictures of Cars Land. Also, a beautiful photo of Main Street with a giant tree out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so much to do because you've got Believe in Holiday Magic Fireworks, Christmas Fantasy Parade, Small World Holiday, and of course, the Haunted Mansion Holiday is all going on. And of course, they've brought back Viva Navidad and the World of Color Season of Light over in Disney California Adventure. Yeah. So there's definitely yeah, plenty of stuff to do at Disneyland. Uh, and I still, I got a lot of schedule things even over here. 
uh, for Walt Disney World if you're going to the Magic Kingdom. There's the Frozen Holiday Wish, which is at 6.15 p.m., and uh, there's a second time for all the party guests at 8.15. I do not know exactly what this is. I guess, is this where they're going to light the castle up with Elsa? I believe so. Yeah. And then you have the Mickey's Once Upon a Time Christmas Parade. It's going to be at 8.30 and 11, starting in Frontierland. It'll run to, to Main Street. You got Mickey's Most Merry Celebration on the Cinderella stage at 7.40, 9.25, 10.30, and 11.55. Holiday Wishes will be at 10. The Reindeer Wranglers, which is a musical act in Frontierland, is going to be at 7.15, 8.05, 9.30, 10.30, and 11.45. And something called Voice Plays on Tomorrowland at 8.10, 9 o'clock, 10.20, and 11.10. And of course, there's going to be all kinds of different uh, treats. Which, oh, yeah. Uh, there, I think I've pulled up a list of food here. Uh, if you'll jump over and take a look at some of that and read that off for us. Because uh, I think it's uh, some stuff I found. Well, yeah, this is for the Viva Navidad. There's a listing of some different uh, sweets here I found on the Disney Parks blog. Mm-hmm. And, and this, again, is over at California Adventure. Uh, they are going to have a uh, chicken liver pate with cherry jam and pistachios. Cranberry pear tart with rosemary infused cream, white chocolate dipped ligonberry speculoos cookie. Ooh, I suddenly want to go to IKEA now. Uh, uh, <laughs> some chorizo queso fundido or fundido with house made tortilla chips. Now, now I, all of- I am sidetracked here for a second. Here, chicken liver pate with cherry jam and pistachios. Ooh, you know some people enjoy it. Ew. You know why don't we? Uh, you know, with with a f- with a few of these options, you know, if if you want to go down a little bit on that page, you know, of course they've got some uh, different spirits that are being offered, but uh, you know they do have uh, some pretty succulent and uh, savory dishes available. There's going to be a seared salmon fillet with lemon caper sauce. That sounds good. Beef, mm-hmm. beef short rib with mashed potatoes and gravy topped with cranberry sauce. Sticky toffee pudding with brandied vanilla sauce. Conundrum White Wine Blend from California and Rodney Strong Pinot Noir from the Russian River Valley. Uh, There's going to be a holiday eggnog cocktail with whipped cream and nutmeg, as well as apple lemonade with whipped cream and caramel. Now, I'm down for the holiday eggnog. I just don't know about the cocktail because I don't drink alcohol. Yeah, me too. I, I'm although I am quite happy that eggnog has finally appeared in the stores for the season. Yes, <laughs> I actually they got it started in October, uh, so I've been uh, I've been getting what I can because they have ho- the uh, Halloween nog, and also I like to get a stuff called milk nog because it's a bit diluted, uh, mm-hmm. so, and that way I can dilute a little further with milk, and it lowers my sugar content, so I I can still have some as a diabetic and not over sugar myself. And I know that you can get some some eggnog in the parks that is non-alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some friends of mine, you know, Lost Boy Philip and his family. There, it was a, a, a thing that they really wanted to do is sit around after the fireworks and everything. And so they sat on Main Street together and all had some eggnog. And uh, it was a very special memory uh, for them because his father was uh, had cancer at the time. And he that was the mm-hmm. last big thing they all got to do together before he passed away. So they have great memories. I have video of it that the, I've got a copy of. the. You know, I helped them put together a DVD of all of it. Uh, but mm-hmm. to me, so eggnog at Disneyland is going to hold a special place kind of for me because I'm going to think about having the nice family tradition to sit around together and drinking eggnog on Main Street. It just sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where I'm going with that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few things over here that uh, we said were happening at the Magic Kingdom for food. Uh, Cosmic Ray Starlight Cafe is going to have snickerdoodle cookies and hot chocolate. 
Mm. Oh yes, they they they've oh they've got me there. Snickerdoodles and I, I love snickerdoodles. It's like the greatest cookie. And some hot chocolate. If they give me some eggnog with my snickerdoodles and my hot chocolate. Oh, yes. I will I will sugar die right there. Uh, Anti-Gravity Galactic Goodies is going to have Santa Claus cookie and a snow cone. Over in Fantasyland at the Friar's Nook, there's going to be some silky smooth dove chocolate and sparkling apple cider. Sounds delicious. Pinocchio's Village House is going to have a selection of cookies and hot chocolate and some apple cider. The Storybook Circus is going to have Pete's Silly Sideshow with Peppermint Crunch Cookie and Nesquik Chocolate Milk. <laughs> Nesquik. Didn't they used to have like a sponsored thing from Nesquik in the Disney parks or something? Uh, possibly. Yeah, I think there was something. Well, I that do know that all of the, yeah, all of the uh, flavored milk that is sold on property is Nesquik. <laughs> well, there you go. Adventureland at the Tortuga Tavern, you're going to find some snowman soft pretzels and a snow cone. And over at Liberty Square at the ticket office, you're going to find ginger molasses cookie and some eggnog. Oh, there's also a whole lot of other different, uh, there's some table service and stuff going to be going on during the very Merry Christmas party over a lot of the other different restaurants. Uh, take note, though, that some of them close at 8, some close at 9, some close at 10, some close at 11. There's uh, different things going on. Uh, but at the Main Street Bakery, there's a special holiday treats available for purchase like peppermint cupcake, holiday cinnamon roll, and a Yule log. So there are some definite places that you can go and check out and uh, get some regular type of food. Uh, one thing, there is an exception of what's going to be open uh, is the Hall of Presidents is currently closed for refurbishment. Still. Still. And Mickey's Philhar Magic is currently is not going to be open during the party. And Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor will be closing at 10. But a lot of the dates, wow, uh, they're actually saying that some of these dates are already sold. The first date of it, at least, is already sold out. So uh, this uh, this was a while ago, I guess, that this article was put up because this has now been up and running. Uh, if you're planning to go, you might want to jump on it fast because it's probably selling out some of these other nights, too. So jump on it. All right. We've got some other foods going on in Disneyland. You want to mention anything else that looks fun? Oh, goodness. Um, there's some holiday sliders, uh, some with ham, some with turkey that look really good that are going to be available over in California Adventure. Um, let's see. There's going to be a snowman uh, cookie decorating kit. Oh, fun. Uh, they're going to have white hot chocolate. Um, and, and because uh, California Adventure is, uh, follow, is pre pre uh, presenting Viva Navidad, a lot of the options that they're offering are, um, uh, are Mexican specialties, like uh, street tacos and chicken mole and burritos and tortas al pastor, uh, house-made pozole, uh, buñuelos, uh, quesadillas. Um, so a lot of uh, good spicy uh, seasonal offerings are going to be available there. Yeah, and it, well, I'm kind of getting hungry looking at some of these. Like this buñuelos, that's two golden fried flour tortillas dusted with cinnamon sugar and served with a mm -hmm. side of... Cajeta? I don't know what cajeta is, but I it sounds good with the cinnamon and sugar already. Oh, yeah. Those are really good. Oh, and the burrito is going to have some black beans, lime cilantro rice, uh, carne asada, carnitas, or chicken with salsa. Uh, mm -hmm. Wow. I, I, I want to eat some of this now. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Oh, and, and I'm definitely in a good uh, Mexican mood. I found a great... Uh, a little burrito shop in Liverpool that just put anything that I've had here in Phoenix to shame. Ooh. So I, I'm really looking for some good Mexican. <laughs> yeah, and if, if, if you have got any uh, Qdobas near you, by, by the way, Qdoba is awesome. Mm -hmm. 
So, uh, speaking of some sweets that you can't quite eat, uh, there's some pictures on the Disney Park blog of, of course, the gingerbread displays that are a favorite at the Walt Disney World Resort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find over at Disney's Animal Kingdom, there's the Tusker House Restaurant. It's going to have a three foot, well, already has it, a three foot long African inspired gingerbread marketplace that's going to be on display from December 10th to January 2nd. So it's not there yet. Uh, and that was created by pastry chef Amber Veka. Epcot pastry chefs Noah French and Jason Stricker and Crystal Saunders are putting together two gingerbread displays at the American Adventure that's going to feature the United States Capitol building as well as the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, that's going to be out from November 20, or November 19th. And oh my gosh, 50 pounds of gingerbread. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> That's a lot of gingerbread, because gingerbread is light, but wow. Okay, uh, Black Friday, though, November 24th, we'll, uh, pastry chefs Yoli Lazo and Joseph Lodato from Disney Springs, they're going to have a set of gingerbread icons that's going to be the story behind the town center, which I guess is something new for Disney Springs. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be in the window of Amaret's Patisserie, and you can actually enjoy some treats while you're shopping over there. Uh, and if you're going to go around the resorts, November 9th on the fourth floor of Disney's Contemporary Resort, you're going to find a Cinderella Castle designed by Chef Jeff Barnes. Not to be confused with Dr. Jeff Barnes, who wrote The Wisdom of Walt. And right. The Wisdom of Walt. This is a pastry chef. Uh, he's got a team. And, it, and it's really kind of getting, uh, they've got a, a Mary Blair backdrop inspired small world thing going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, this is going to be the 18th year of the Holiday Carousel, which is a life-size edible spinning carousel, but you're not allowed to eat it. Uh, and it, apparently this is a tradition at the Disney Beach Club Resort. Uh, and this was designed by pastry chefs Thomas Hubner, Jennifer Ladisky, and Cindy Roman. And so you can go check that out after seeing Yeehaw Bob. There you go. Uh, there's even a Lilo and Stitch themed carousel. Well, th- I guess this is the, the carousel. It's Lilo and Stitch themes. And they say there's 18 hidden Mickeys on this thing. Hmm. And a limited edition pin featuring Lilo and Stitch is going to be available for purchase starting on November 17th at the Beach Club Marketplace. Right next door to the Yacht Club Resource is also going to be a holiday miniature train. Which that's starting on November 17th. And I, I like to look at miniature trains around Christmas time. Uh, there's a place down here in Kansas City at Union Station that you can see all kinds of miniature trains and the Christmas displays. And they have superheroes in some areas. And they have some Disney style themed displays, right? Some Disney princesses are around. Uh, oh, cool. I don't think I've ever posted any of the photos to the website, but I probably should. If I go out this year, I'll try to take some really good photos and I'll post them. <laughs> well, you know, there is a grand finale to all of these uh, displays. There is. Yep, and that's going to be found at Disney's Grand Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, which is going to be celebrating the 19th anniversary of its life-size gingerbread house. Uh, It's going to be found uh, in the main lobby of the resort from November 15th through January 1st. Now, each year, the pastry team, which is led by executive pastry chef Eric uh, Herbacek, spends over 400 hours baking the gingerbread and over 160 hours constructing and decorating the house, which also contains the bake shop. Cool. Now, uh, you'll find gingerbread ornaments, cookies, and gingerbread house kits, which are all made using a classic gingerbread recipe that came from Austria. They're also going to have a pin trading event on the 18th of November. Uh, That pin's going to feature the penguins for Mary Poppins. They're also going to have gingerbread house decorating demos, which are going to be conducted daily in front of the display beginning on December 1st. Wow. 
You know what? We actually have a gingerbread house that we we've had here that we've just never put together. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they would they would inspire me to actually get the job done. Perhaps because <laughs> I think I need it. I need somebody to kick me in the pants and say, "Make it!" For crying out loud, make it! Mm-hmm. So my goodness. So uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to be able to get out to any of the parks. Uh, just let's be honest. I'm not going to make it out there. I'm not going to get to see any of this. So uh, I actually have a few things that I can do while I'm here at home, trying to enjoy my my somewhat Disney themed holiday. So. There's going to be the Disney Parks presents a Disney Channel holiday celebration. Uh, This is going to be on the Disney Now app, which I should probably download. I don't have that yet. Uh, This is beginning on Friday, November 24th. If you sign up to the app and and you have a pay TV subscription, you're going to actually get to see it before it premieres on the Disney Channel on Friday, December 1st. I guess I can just wait for the Disney Channel. Friday is December 1st. Uh, This is going to be Raven Simone and Isaac Ryan Brown from Raven's Home. Uh, I'm not that worried about it, but of course, it's something going on from Disney, so I will want to check it out. Uh, And there are also going to be performances from Descendants Descendants 2 stars like Dove Cameron and Sophia Carson, uh, Andy Mack star Asher Angel, and stars the upcoming Disney Channel original movie Zombies, Milo Mannheim, and Meg Donnelly. Uh, Personally, I'm not that interested in hearing any of these people perform. But would you be interested in taking a tour of Toy Story Land? Yes, I would. <laughs> well, it's a good thing because Boo Boo Stewart, who's also in Descendants 2, is going to be taking viewers around uh, and showing the progress going on there in that special. Now, see, that's something I could get behind and be super excited about. So, see, that's the thing is that I, they they get some stuff that I'd be interested in and mix it with some stuff that I really don't care about and put it together to make me watch it anyway. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.